0: Hello and welcome to episode three of My Week in Cars, the Autocar podcast featuring me, Matt Pryor and him, Steve Cropley. Hello, mate.
3: Hello, mate. How are it, you? I haven't well? seen you for a week.
0: No, no, it's nice to see you actually in person rather than down the end of a line because this is just so much nicer. And we are in the actual Twickenham podcast studio, which is, you know, swish, isn't it?
3: Yeah, well, a place that's been d- properly dedicated for this stuff. Yeah, exactly. yeah, hard to believe.
0: You're you're just back from uh, a meeting at Caterham?
3: Yeah. Uh, feature
0: in the mag in a couple of weeks?
3: Yeah I think probably a week because there's some reasonably hot news that's uh, oh, really? attached to it so so yeah we'll we'll uh well, it was a discussion about the future mm-hmm. and with the with the um, the new boss who yeah. uh well not that new he's been doing the job since the middle of last year but he's an engineer who has had plenty of time or not plenty of time but enough time to review the situation mm-hmm. and Make some plans, and That's, and he started to talk about them. Bob Lashley, Lashley, yeah. Lashley. Lashley yeah. Yeah. From,
0: from formerly of Nis, Nissan, Nismo, yeah, Nism- Nism- responsible
3: like. for Nismo cars. I mean, okay. he's a a bloke with a, a fantastic contacts for a start, but also um, a lot of match practice. You know, knows about fast cars and the people who buy them. So. Yeah
0: uh when can we talk about you can't talk about that today presumably this is coming out on the september the 28th this pod can we we can't talk about it yet can we or can we i don't think so no, no. sorry mate well, yeah. that's right that's fine well i look forward to uh, i look forward to when we can and uh, i'm just back from wales for something else i can't can i talk about it yet oh we did a yeah we did a feature in wales yesterday that was pretty pretty good actually This the 10th anniversary coming up of our britain's best affordable driver's car contest so that's course we've got the five best. I think we what we think is the five best. You allowed to I, say what the Yeah, well, yeah, I think so. We so we had there the Toyota GT eighty six, which was very kindly lent to us by uh another journalist from um Race Car Engineering Magazine, Top bloke. Uh oh. we had a Toyota G R uh, Yaris, it's two Toyotas, uh a Ford Fiesta ST, uh Honda Civic type R, of course, and a and other, uh which <laughs> embarrassingly it's goes, a Master MX five, obviously. Um, opinions vary, mate. opinions may differ, but it's, I I like the GT86, because it's my favourite car of the last decade, full stop. Yeah, I've size, read you on it, yes.
3: I, I, I wish I was more familiar with that car, because, the way you describe it uh, really gets my juices going. Yeah,
0: I just really I just love the balance you know, it's the right size, it's the right power, it's the right balance front engine rear drive, you know. You need to run one for later.
3: a few months. I did so I did yeah,
0: so I did it about I mean, twenty fourteen for for a year and it unbelievably practical if you have two secondary school age children. They both fit in it and the rear seats go down. And the guy I was who came with it yesterday uh you stewart and he said i went on a four a weekend away with three mates camping and we fitted everything in the boot and four of us, four adults in the car i oh, think yeah. you know for a small car amazingly uh, practical um although so, sorry mate, i'm getting slightly off topic because this uh, my weekend cars podcast is a chat about steve's uh, column and mine in autocar and we'll have some of your correspondence too you can reach us at autocar com." Find us on all the socials, at Twitter we're at Autocart, and Steve and I are also on there if you search for us. We're on Instagram, Facebook, not TikTok, and webwise, we're at autocar.co.uk, and on YouTube, and as we speak, uh, I've got um, our videographer is uploading Range Rover Sport review that I recorded the other week. Um, and on the note of correspondence, a letter. Cam Watson says, Having read the review of the new Range Rover Sport, Autocar 7th September, I was left confused. Jaguar Land Rover seemed to be falling into the trap, currently championed by BMW, of badging their cars with letters and numbers that bear no similarity to the engine in the vehicle. So a P510 Sport has a twin-turbo 3-litre uh, engine and a P530, a twin-turbo 4.4-litre V8. But at least the P refers to petrol. Slightly confused, says Ken. Uh, it's, yeah, it's a theme, isn't it? Because engine size doesn't relate
3: doesn't count it it doesn't count for
0: so little i I think it's
3: about ps in their case isn't it yeah pretty much
0: matches metric horsepower yeah but it's yeah it's not the world's most straightforward i grant you it's but it's not as confusing as audi's system which is completely random
3: no but you you, i sort of sympathize with the 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 difficulty of car manufacturers because i've just been to manchester and back in a 1.2 liter Vauxhall astra which i thoroughly enjoyed Mm -hmm. thoroughly enjoyed yeah and I just sat there for most of the time thinking, how can this car sound so good, cruise so easily, and have a one point two liter engine? Yeah. Admittedly, with a puffer attached, but still, but still, bloody good.
0: Yeah. and This is and this brings me to yeah. This is your first column item of the week. Well done, Steve. Thanks very much. That, so yeah, a one point two engine in a car that is small family hatchback, C segment. What's that? Four point four meters long, something like that. Yeah, a ton and yeah, a half. That, yeah, yeah. I mean a one point two. Thirteen fifty, I think, is the official. Okay.
3: With okay. a little engine in it.
0: Yeah. But it feels like a much bigger donkey, does it? Yeah. The
3: one thing you're missing is 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 sort of shove in first gear. But um, honestly, beyond that, it's, it's a nice gear change. It's all, all really nice. I I just sat there for half the time thinking how good it felt, and the other because it also it it's also very quiet on the road. It it absorbs bumps quietly. Right. But the other thing is, I I just was feeling resentful for all the nails that I've been in. Of that capacity and, and bigger, over the years, you know, stuff I bought, which is, where all you heard was the tappets, the timing cover, uh, mm-hmm. timing chain, and the, and the and the kind of, rattling, gubbins of the engine. And this is a thoroughly sophisticated economy engine, fifty mm. mpg. Oh, that's good, really good.
0: Yeah. Have you driven the new Honda Civic yet?
3: No, I wish I had. It's clever, clever thing,
0: because it's got a, it's, it's a reasonably big engine, I think, but it's but it's it's only mated to the front wheels at a fixed gear and at high speed and the rest of the time it's effectively a range extending uh, generator but it mimics an engine attached to the wheel so if you put it in sport mode it needs you rev through the rev range it, it, it revs it doesn't just sit at a constant drone yeah. like a cvh it revs through the rev range oh so but the rubber not,
3: band effect is yeah.
0: Not, no yeah. exactly but it's not you know it's, it, but it's only electric drive at the wheels at that point so actually it's just making a convincing case that it's pretending that it's driving through a gearbox but it's, but it's not at all but it sounds great it sounds you know it's really good economy genuinely convincing yeah i so Piers ward here has just started uh running one for a while and he says he's getting an easy 60 to the game really? which Go, i think is good. really good for a car of that size nearly as good as a
3: duster mate yeah
0: exactly how is uh no hang on how is yes how is trusty duster
3: very fine very fine it's uh the, the mileage is creeping up, because it, you just find yourself in it, you know your bum falls in it when every time yeah. you've got a job to do, yeah. yeah
0: it's great yeah I understand that point two on your column if things had fallen differently this week, you could have been at the Detroit Motor Show, which I still think to myself is a January yeah first affair, but <clears throat> it's not
3: yeah but that was I was thinking today about the what we used to think of as the ice age. remember there were you you would you would, uh, you know, there's a fair chance that the airplane that landed at Detroit with you in it would um, would get snowed in, or there'd mm. be, you know, everybody be on strike in the in the Poncha Train Hotel across from the from the Exhibition Hall, and there'd be ice inside your windows of, of your hotel room, and it, it hardly seems playing fair to do it in sensible weather. Yeah, and I and I think Ford, by the sound of things, rescued them by launching the Mustang. And also that the the outgoing Chrysler 300 as well with a with a Hemi.
0: Oh, okay, okay.
3: I mean, I don't mean to suggest that uh, the only things that are interesting are big engines, but the the headlines were pretty meagre, I think.
0: Yeah. Is it um, a toned down atmosphere is what you've is what you've described it as, which is not what a Detroit show should be like, is it? I mean, it's it's meant to be a bit more spectacular, but are we? are we reflecting on a general decline in malaise in the traditional motor show
3: well i think what what seems to have happened is that if you talk to these people separately in you know, a car manufacturer separately they all, mm. they all say the same thing we'd rather ha- have our own event mm. and they're very carefully holding their own events not not with a, a great deal of luxury attached but with you know doing exactly what they think will get the message across and i think i mean by and large, I think that's fine myself. I don't yeah. relish spending days in airports or no, I don't, you know, if I go to the south of France, I'd rather do it myself.
0: Yeah. And I think the, uh, I dunno, I, I, I do feel slightly for the, I wonder if it needs one on each continent, maybe it doesn't even need one on each continent a year, but if I I sort of miss Geneva in a way, cause it's compact enough to get around and stuff like that. but. As manufacturers say, well, anybody who goes there, you've got to book a hotel for five days when you only want to stay for one, because that, you know, they'll they'll fleece you. The show stands are criminally expensive, and Ford, in particular, does its European. Oh, I can't remember what they call it now, but they Go Further event or something like that, which they have got will do for a load of journalists, they'll do for a load of dealers, uh, they'll do for a load of fleet managers, and they do it in one thing. It costs them. It takes three weeks. It costs them a lot less, a lot less than it does in, to, their in to in yeah, so it. in a facility they already own, yeah, exactly, yeah, or hire somewhere to do, yeah, it, yeah. You know? and they and they have the breathing space, media-wise, around it to you know, so you're not competing with all the others for the same,
3: yeah, for the same. I I tend to think something will be back, but not. But the lessons learned over the next uh, the last few years will be will be well and truly learned, and mm. I think that's all right. I mean, we have got no time anyway, so right. so you know, if you can save yourself some time in the air and wandering about the aisles, you know, wondering who to talk to next. Thing, yeah, right? no, totally, yeah.
0: And it's, yeah, because there's such a tight demand. I mean, we've, uh, so Watercar's got quite a lot of staff. We used to head down to Geneva, didn't we? And we would take, what, 10 reporters, photographers, and everybody be going, going out, but trying to squeeze in a 15 minute interview with somebody here and yeah, so-and-so there, and it
3: just. And they were a bit talked out, a lot of them, weren't they? Yeah. You know, they'd already done, you know, Six by fifteen minutes with the bloke from Automotive News and the bloke mm. from sort of Car Life and somebody from Romania and all that. And by the time they got to you, they thought, Oh
0: God, oh, I can't another on. one. Oh, same questions again. And
3: the other thing that was really interesting was that we, our staff back in the office, became very important because things were pre-written, weren't they? Mm. And, that, and the, the and the the other bloke that was terribly important was the guy that only sat in the press room, yep. sending photographs through. Yep, so, totally. so it did become a bit of a process rather yeah. than a genuine reporting
0: and there show. are fewer surprises at shows these days aren't just yeah. because i, mean, A, no I think
3: and... I, also you can see the argument for goodwood can't you and you mm-hmm. can see the argument for even things like salon privé where where bits and pieces get launched yeah but but i am um, i and i regret the demise of geneva because i yeah. loved it but yeah. but uh I not think it'll I don't think it'll be easily back and I don't know whether the one that's gonna be held in Qatar or Dubai no, or wherever the hell it is is sure gonna work. That. No, I'm not sure about that. I um,
0: and uh on the yes, I was struck recently with how much new stuff and it was all about, it, was, it was all quite niche stuff, but Monterey Car Week, which is what, a couple of months ago, I think, yeah. something like that. There was a lot of stuff revealed there, wasn't there? And these kind of experiential shows like that and goodwood seemed to be gaining a bit more traction at the expense of the traditional yeah I suppose at Monterey car week you've just you know everybody's in the area you don't have to you don't have to pay tens of thousands hundreds of thousands for a, a show stand you yeah. just say gay okay, come to this hotel or this stretch of road and see the new twin-turbo gunther works 9-11 yeah, no, r- you know, rather nice it might scenery be. surrounding yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. Um, on which note the Year's Greatest Car Show. Next point in your column, Festival of the Unexceptional.
3: <laughs> well, I, I I've just got this, this feeling. I, I in fact I, I seek help from our listeners and readers because mm-hmm. Um the next the cars have to be twenty five years old. They right. have to be unexceptional, mm-hmm. but they have to be interestingly unexceptional. <laughs> which is a which is a difficult thing. So I'm trying to look down the road. I wanna buy one of these cars because right. I wanna be there. Oh, I, okay. I, I wanna be a proper participant. Yeah. And the only cars I can think of are too young at the moment. The one that that really rings my chimes is a City Rover, mm. because it was such a god awful car, but but so interesting in in <clears throat> in the way it appeared. You remember yeah. the, it was a, a Tata, which. Uh, yeah, rebadged and IndyCar, which not got, even
0: a. As, as somebody, I think Richard Orcock from Motor and Research pointed out the other day, not even a not even a new steering wheel cover. It just had a Rover badge over the Tartar badge. Oh, was it, yeah. Yeah.
3: it? it was pretty bad.
0: Yeah, did you? So you drove one? Yeah, because uh, I never, uh, because they famously didn't do a press launch or press drives or anything else.
3: It was the last, the last car, the last car of the sort of modern era, early two thousands to suffer from. Honest, what I used to think of as leaping dashboard syndrome—you know how these days you can pretty much depend on the fascia in whatever you drive to be properly anchored in the yeah. car and to be at least a probably a structural member—but in this car, you could actually see the you could you could see the wave motion as the um, as the fascia leapt about. But but uh, the the idea was bold, I guess, mm. and and. Um, I would just love to have one of those because I don't. I believe about half a dozen got sold. Oh wow! Okay. But the other car that that rings my chimes is the, is the, the Rover Streetwives. Remember that thing? The, yeah. The sort of lifted twenty-five with the with the um, the body cladding and yeah, all. That? I
0: remember it well because I remember thinking. Well, um, actually, turns out probably a car ahead of its time. But yeah, I thought it was. I remember right. I worked for a now defunct website at the time. I remember reviewing it and thinking it was all right.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, they they weren't too bad, were they? Because I think they'd been breathed on by BMW by then, hadn't they? Those cars and it, yeah. and and it was it was one of Peter Stevens's um, ideas for 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 just extending the size of the range, I guess, and mm. you know selling a few more cars. I'd yeah. love to see. I haven't seen one for yonks. So. No,
0: me neither. Which is a shame because I, yeah, I think they were that, that idea of slightly higher riding, slightly you know slightly more a bit more sidewall in the tyre. I mind mean, you, the Rover Twenty
3: Five was pretty good to drive in the first was, place, yeah. wasn't it? But anyway, I seek, I, I seek ideas So mm-hmm. uh, because I'm going to do this very slowly and I'm going to assemble a, a, a hit list and then I'm going to you know, study the market and see what happens.
0: So if you want to suggest things, you can email us, autocar at haymarket.com. And actually, just before coming to this podcast, I got uh, pulled aside by the editor who said, we've got an idea if somebody writes in to the pod and they have their email read out on the pod, we'll send them a mug. We'll get some mugs made up with a My Weekend Cars logo on the front and we'll send them out. So, uh, so yes, write to us, write to us. Find us Find us somewhere. Find us at, at uh, com or on the socials of your choice. Now, Cy73 via autocar.co.uk has done exactly that. And he says, was the aerial hypercar built for Batman, which is the new electrically powered thing from aerial, which does look a bit bonkers, doesn't it? But it does. Uh, in all seriousness, he says, I really like it as an... Uh, function over form aesthetics it looks very purposeful and aggressive um, and i think it suits its hypercar billing but it would be good to see it with a splash of color like the atom has over its nose because at the moment you went down the other week and yeah. nose around it and a drive of
3: it yeah uh, what's it like well that car i mean that car is very very much a prototype that mm. you know there are there are a few uh chassis and and mules in various uh states but that was the one and only complete one, you yeah. know, with with the working gullwing doors and all the rest of it. And they, it wasn't painted at all. Mm. I mean, they will do, I'm sure, whatever the buyer wants. Yeah. But the thing that needs to be understood about that car was that it had reached the, <clears throat> it had, it had been part sponsored by you know by government grant, uh, with various other participants as well as well as Aerial, and they'd reached the 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 point that they'd agreed to reach, and it was shown for the LCV the low carbon vehicle show okay. so that isn't the finished article at all you know somebody somewhere will want a, an all carbon one but they'll paint it whatever you want you know yeah. um, uh, tiger stripes or whatever
0: <laughs> Excellent. I've got a lot of time for we'll be we both up we've got a lot of time for Ariel they just do I like the fact they do things properly so they?
3: brave don't you think yeah. you know I mean how many how many opportunities must there have been in the, in the last you know whatever it is five years to to just sort of chuck up your hands and say, "Look, we've got a successful business. We're building all the atoms we can make and yeah. more, yeah. Um or orders we can meet and more and more." you know, let's just let's just function, to, um, make it easy for ourselves. But mm. they, uh, but Simon Saunders, two things about him: he sees the future. He mm. thinks he he needs to be doing something for the future, and he he does believe in greenery. You know, sort of low carbon future.
0: Yeah, yeah. Should we talk my column for a bit? Yeah. Uh, I, it's one of these things I wish I had thought of. Right, so Caffeine and Machine, our friends up in the Warwickshire uh, coffee house, coffee business, car-themed pub, yeah. hotel, whatever. It is. It's a fantastic place. I, I, yeah. It feels like home, they say, and it does, if you're a car or bike person. I think it me. does, yeah. yeah, it's very, very relaxed. Anyway, they I think third Wednesday of every month, they do a German-themed, German car-themed night, uh, Strassenkultur, and They put a picture up of a Porsche 968 and said if a different manufacturer had made these four-cylinder Porsches, the 924, 944, 968, would they have been appreciated more than if they had been built by Porsche? And they always considered, not always, sometimes considered the Porsches for people who can't afford 911s or nine two eight or whatever it was at the time. And were they given a harder, harder ride than if they wore a different badge? On the nose you know if they had, if those cars had come out from somebody else yeah would they have had a better better reputation and I thought that's a that's an no, I wish I would thought of that point because it's pr- they're probably right I think don't you
3: I do I, I also but I think you made it really well the, the the um the because it is a it's, it's a really interesting discussion point and and it's I think it's quite apposite now because they're they're rising in value as mm. you said but they're still around yeah and they are durable and they are you know they they still met Porsche's manufacturing criteria and or, or Audi's actually I think Audi was involved in the manufacture okay. of some of them
0: Yeah.
3: But I can remember very having I wasn't so struck on the Bogo 924 but mm. the the ones after the 944 and the 968 particularly Yeah. Excellent cars, I thought.
0: Yeah, I drove one a nine six eight Club Sport because we did a feature about. Uh, blimey, I going to say, I want to say recently, and it will turn out it was four years ago. Uh, the finest year for cars ever was suggested as nineteen ninety three, I think, if I remember right. So the yeah, so the the nine nine three Porsche nine eleven came out, Ferrari three F three five five came out, the Porsche nine six eight Club Sport came out, T V R Griffith came out. We got them all down at. Chopped uh, and test track together, and I drove that nine six eight Club Sport, and I thought, well, this is, this still feels mega, still feels really good, really tight. Steering's fantastically responsive, and it's got my preferred handling balance, as we've briefly discussed already. Engine at the front, the the rear wheel drive.
3: Yeah, bum yeah, bum yeah. over the rear axle. Yeah, yeah. Bum over the rear axle. Yeah. Oh mate, it's a. We had a handling day around about ninety three. Mm-hmm. It was a vintage one. It was, um, Goodwood. Yep. Yeah. So scary circuit, yeah. you know, in quick cars. Um, but there were some good people along. I think John Miles was there. Oh, great. So he was taking us around. I remember being hurled around there in our Honda NSX by John Miles. Was pretty yeah. good. it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Day, but th- we had a long term 968 club sport at the time, mm. the editor's car. And it did double the miles of everything else because it was so easy. You know, you could just get in it, drive it at, you know, sort of 93%. Easily. Yeah. It was beautiful on the circuit. It was quick enough. It was... The balance was the thing, as you say. What a car.
0: Yeah. Is that... Am I right in thinking, uh, so 93, did the Honda NSX win Britain's best driver's car in 92 and then retain the title in 93? So it's some... Not many cars have won it twice in succession, if I remember.
3: No, I remember. I'm, I'm really sorry, but my memory is, a, has gone yeah, I,
0: I I sort of... Th- sort of vaguely and i don't i've been on the mag for 17 years and i can't i can't remember anything winning back to back
3: but i i have a feeling something something it was i mean john was fabulous in it yeah um and uh uh this was a Mm 3.2 it it was it actually turned out to be my long-termer actually black top gold body and i it was subsequently bought by one of the one of the um uh, directors of our company and Mm. he you know, the last time I saw it had done eighty or ninety oh, thousand right. already, because he lived in it, yeah. and and then got passed on to someone else, picked up from, funny enough, from John Cooper who was a Honda dealer. Oh, John he was. Cooper. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. The, yeah.
3: The constructor, but he, you know, and he was still merrily selling Mini Coopers, but he, but they also had a Honda dealership, and he he signed the inside of the of the bonnet for, of my car, and and so I. Um, when I saw it last in Coventry, it still had this sc- scrawl John Cooper on the, uh, such as you such as you see on a Mini Bonnet.
0: Yeah. Do you know where that car is now?
3: I don't, That's but I I suspect that you know if we if we ask nicely, probably the owner might even pick well, up on yeah, it and, yeah, that'd be good. That would be. Good. It was a uh, it was a good car. It's really such a usable be. car, aren't they? That's the thing. It's a proper s- yeah. proper
0: bona fide super. My missus, but... the steering committee, loved it. Because
3: really? because you could drive it. You really? know, flexible beautiful sound, you know, rev, you know, into the stratosphere, but it was still beautifully flexible. Yeah. And and yeah, great visibility, the right size, not too quick. That's
2: it. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online
1: From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite.
0: Actually, I was at Honda's uh, press fleet garage the other day where they still have a couple they've
3: got they got a they've got a special one haven't they an r model or something they did have
0: oh i don't know they it's not there at the minute they've got a late one in gold and they've got an early one which i think is an auto weirdly but that's got a curious history in that i it was either a pre-production one or it was something and it was due to be scrapped and not sold and it was going to be crushed i think and then they said well hang on a minute we can use it i mean we'll never sell it obviously but we, we can let it out and use it for for stuff
3: i gather the one to avoid was the uh was the one with the lift out lid oh, and really. the and the so automatic slush matic yeah
0: you know, imagine you imagine
3: not having that gearbox oh, can you imagine but but apparently the the the, the lack of a roof introduced a, a hinge into the chassis no, really. <laughs> so uh so it didn't handle as well one to avoid i yeah. remember being uh, driven around in one of those by martin brundle and he not everything he said about the car was reportable given, oh, that, oh, really. the, given that they um given that they were paying his bill.
0: Was it all Honda's work, the chassis? You mentioned John Miles, who was water car contributor, Formula One racer and Lotus development test driver and engineer. I don't as well. know. They made, made a
3: huge fuss about the... Actually, Russell Bulgin wrote this book with the help of Bob Freeman, the technical illustrator, both now sadly demised. But it, it was... It was very heavy on the aluminium, wasn't it? Aluminium suspension parts, yeah. aluminium chassis. I think, I think it had something to do with, oh, God, the, the, the famous engineer. Mm. We, we gave him an award. I'm thinking Yamamoto, but that's not him. Sorry. it <laughs> will come to us. it yeah. will
0: come to us. <laughs> um, oh, uh, on the subject of uh, my column again the second bit of my column i was at goodwood revival over the weekend which is brilliant as as over. i was there i was there only on the friday and it struck me as i was walking around i went with my brother and i said to from "Promise, mate as we as we could hear cars in the background um as we were you know walking to spectate i said you need two days here really do one because one to watch some racing and two to look at the rest of it yeah and i called in on uh so the carburettor specialist berlin which looks after carbs and has also been uh, looking after those little J forties that the Goodwood uses in the Settrington Cup, which are the little kids' pedal cars based on um well made by Austin in the from nineteen fifty 1950 through to nineteen seventy one. They've now secured uh Berlin has now secured the Austin name. Not to use on real cars, but they can use it on these on these replicas and uh, and any rebuilds. And they said it's actually not quite not quite as I forget exactly how they put it, but it's it, it's more straightforward than you think it. So SAIC who bought MG Rover own the, the Austin trademark, but because it's dormant, they sort of hired a trademark lawyer to send a letter to SAIC and say, look, we think this is dormant. We plan to use it. Do you object? Didn't hear anything, so Silence. they put some notices up in the UK, a bit like you might before you get married, going, you know, these this, these people are about to do something. Yeah, Any right. objections? Yeah. And uh, nothing. So now they can, yeah. So apparently they can use it on the little Austins.
3: When I read this in your column, really? I, I that you've just answered the question that I wondered about whether the Austin name might be um, usable elsewhere because because I've got I wouldn't tell everybody this, but mm. I've got an irrational liking for Austins. Oh, really? Admittedly, the, the vintage ones are, the, are my favourites, but yeah. but in my family, there were, you know, in, in my, you know, 60s, there were, there were people who used to tow unfeasibly large caravans around a place with Austin Somersets in Australia and, they're, you know, sort of pausing to cool down on every hill and all mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But they were, they were sort of oddly appealing and, and every time I see one, I still feel, get a warm feeling about it, so... Yeah. Austin and that dopey, or not dopey, but that, but that sort of strange wing emblem that goes on every oh, yeah. it's, it's It it's sort of it gives me a little bit of a pang a every time I see one.
0: Yeah, well, so I, I, my understanding is they can use it on the small cars and the parts associated with it, and if they have any paraphernalia, presumably they'll do, I don't know, you know, merchandise yeah. or whatever. But they can't use it on
3: a full size. They deserve to do well out of that, don't they? Because yeah. they've been very... Uh, very good about finding old old models and you know remanufacturing and restoring and all the rest of it. And have of you course, been
0: to the? Have you been to see them to
2: visit
3: them? Well, uh, they've had. I think they've got a, an outpost at Vista Heritage. So okay, I've yep. been in there, and, yeah. and I've I remember engaging a bloke in conversation at at the previous revival. I think. But I the, the thing because of my age, um, the air seems to be full of people in my circle who sort of say, "Yeah, we had one of those. I remember it. You know, and we we loved it on the on the oh, on the rubbish crappy. tip. Yeah, yeah, couldn't
0: give them away. Yeah. yeah, could not give them away. And I think some fairgrounds had a few slightly different ones that were. Oh, an America. Oh, or area. something like that. Yeah, and they and they were even, you know, they were, they were nobody, no, you, you know, nobody wanted, nobody was interested in them. But now people
3: remember, you know, the nostalgia thing is to... Yeah, up. I love and the shape that yeah. that Austin A forty. I think it's Austin. Yeah, Austin so. Devon, is it? Oh, now you. Um, but it's it's so characteristic. You look at it and you know it's an Austin. There's yeah. no. You don't think it's a Hillman or a Humber or a no, exactly, sunbeam yeah. or something, do you? No, exactly.
0: So I thought that was quite, uh, yeah, I thought it was quite a nice oh, thing. have had fun. I bet it did. It was nice. Yeah, it was nice to see. It. And they, they, you know, they, as you say, they show the remanufactured parts they're making, three D printing, and they, I think they're going to handcraft some bodies, hand beat some panels, and then press some out later and stuff yeah. like that. But
3: the prices some of them
0: reach, mate, is off the. Off the charts. You know. I, w-
3: I wonder what the t- the rules of the Setrington Cup are going to be. Whether you can use a rep or you. Oh, interesting. whether or, you have to or, or you have a genuine sort of five grand special.
0: Yeah, I wonder. Because actually, the, some of the reproduced stuff they do looks pretty trick. Yeah, I reckon you could steal quite an advantage. A bit like people remanufacturing Lotus Cortinas today to rather higher standards than I That's think it. they ever made them in the first place. That's it with the aluminium yeah.
3: axles in the, yeah. and the and the and the sort of titanium body panels. Yeah. There. So Matt.
0: Neil, the BTCC racer, Is he, did he announce he's going to retire at some point? Am I misunderstanding I don't know. He's that, been think, doing, think, he's, doing it a long time. Yeah, he's been doing it a long time. I went up to see him at his uh, HQ again probably three years ago and they make new, new Lotus Cortinas for historic racing out of original body shells. And they're beautifully done. They're yeah. so expertly done. I think they were doing one for, I want to say they were doing one for Steve Soper or something like that, you know. But they're just...
3: Perfect. There's and some pretty good video of 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 him, Matt, going around in in one, isn't there? I've mm. you, you know, hell of a driver, of course, and yeah. and uh, I think I've I've you know, the old through the windscreen stuff, and when they're driven flat out, they are they are lovely, It is great, it? isn't
0: it? It is great, and I, th- I think I remember him saying the get the the advantage of this old stuff is that you can go racing with a trailer and an engineer or mechanic on it and that's all you need you know you can go and you can have a weekend's racing and they move around and they're exciting and they're closely matched but if you wanted to race something later so if you wanted to race one of the super touring era cars they're incredibly hard work you need an entire team of people and laptops and everything because they have to be you know the oil has to be warmed before they start and if anything goes wrong it's whereas with a cortina you if you bash a corner you can Bash it out yeah, again yeah. and carry on.
3: Well, yeah. you see this on the hill climbs, don't you? You know, two friends, mm. perhaps both invested in the car, yeah. both spannering it. You know, maybe with a son or two, or it was a daughter indeed. And and uh, but it can be a it can be a a, a fairly amateur but yeah. highly enjoyable event. It's yeah. great.
0: Yeah. Can we move on to another bit uh, from your column, which is uh, my my title here just says hydrogen hypercars but you've been up to Viratech, which yeah very
3: the, the thing that that the are um, is a company that formed by a couple of, of blokes with a lot of f1 match practice who made quite a lot of money out of an associated business sold up and and they have they they sort of got religion over hydrogen and, mm. and they believe that EVs will not suffice for cars that are that are bigger than about um, you know what we would think of as, I don't know, big Audi right. size. You know, forty to fifty uh, grams per kilo. Uh, no, I don't mean that. Kilowatt hours gotcha. for batteries. Yeah, because you know we we still need hydrogen to power our HGVs, power our buses, power our airplanes, power our off highway. Machinery, you know, yeah. it's not going to be possible to have an HGV with 15 tonnes of batteries strapped mm-hmm. to the underside, is it? So, so they what they're trying to do is is just propose solutions, not just theoretical solutions, but to come up with the actual infrastructure you need to mount um, a fuel cell of this size in this way, with with this sort of en- um, fuel feed and this sort of drive and all that sort. And, they, and the way they've done it is to, is to propose this supercar called Apricali, one and a half million quid, 25 off. Okay. And what they say is that by subjecting all of their learning to the supercar uh, application, you have, you know, you're automatically required to be light, to be compact, to be reliable and all the rest of it. And it's it's a wonderful place to go. You 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 would have enjoyed it. Mm. I tell you what, it's good. I'm intrigued.
0: I'm really intrigued because I don't. What I don't like is the is the sides that people seem to feel obliged to take of battery electric or hydrogen or ice, and the, and, and this animosity towards the other. Things as if they're not all a viable solution, electric, and it winds yeah. me up. Yeah, yeah, and it really, and it really gets on my, gets on my And also, I think you know a lot of people do forget that the UK is pretty, is pretty small, pretty densely populated. Battery electric works quite easily here. Yeah, uh, I was in uh, chatting to a, a US-based Lexus Toyota engineer the other week, and they uh, Toyota as you know, quite big on um, hydrogen. He said you can drive from Mexico to the top of California. And you will always be within 100 miles of a hydrogen filling station right? and the distances are such in the u.s that you know you, you a battery electric vehicle long distance truck is not particularly feasible so, so they've probably. got a partnership with kenworth trucks i think and they're doing you know and they are working on this together and you know if you i think somebody did a some swedish or scandinavian university researcher worked out that actually for a large capacity truck with six tons of batteries you could still have a 44 ton truck which Mm -hmm. is okay but you know which is not bad actually but it is and most trucks aren't fully laden anyway so that's okay and if they're on you know local supermarket deliveries or whatever you could imagine that being fine And and you could you know you could put the battery under the trailer charge it when nobody's using it I and mean, loading it up and stuff and and crack on to the next one yeah but if somebody is driving from Poland to Belfast I mean how are you going to you can't do that on battery electric can yeah, you? so we not. need a solution well, imagine the set.
3: charging times i mean yeah. i know about fast chargers but boy yeah. yeah and if you and you know if we are putting this stuff in
0: as you say for if, if there's no alternative for construction equipment and marine equipment and aviation without doing it it's it, why wouldn't you use it if yeah. you wanted to and yeah. hypercars are the interesting thing aren't they because there's a few battery electric hypercars who would ever do the amount of miles in a hypercar to have them as a greener alternative to a, an internally combusted hypercar? yeah yeah you
3: know. but the other uh, the killer fact for me is that, uh, the uh, um Viratec is fronted by this excellent technical director called matt folks hmm. who is one of the people you and i are both familiar with who just seemed to be able to explain exalted technology to luddites you know he's another one of those yeah such a riveting bloke you know that you would have enjoyed it um but the but the killer fact to me is BEV hypercar 2 tons mm-hmm. apricali 1 ton you know different. and and you know you just got to think speculate on how much tire you don't need how much brake mm-hmm. you don't need yeah. Uh, and and all that and it, and it is a it as a result of all this it's an absolute thing of beauty yeah oh I look forward to seeing designed that. by Etal Design but oh really oh uh, hang on Ooh, no wrong okay but, but the, be, Ooh, another sensible decision they made was to was to think well we're not going to draw this on the chalk on the garage floor are we let's get somebody proper to do it mm. so they went to somebody proper and had the result is the prototype looks magnificent oh
0: really are interesting because they'd have their own battery electric hybrid car at the same yeah. time. Yeah, interesting thing. Uh, a festival of the unexceptional is a Reliant Robin unexceptional enough, or is it the wrong kind of unexceptional?
3: I would have thought that it was pretty uh, a pretty good choice. Mm. Um, but you might have to go for something. There's, there are models before the Robin, aren't there? The Rebel in the I, I would oh, Flaky. I, I would have thought the four wheeler, the, 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 the Reliant Kitten, might yeah. be a good one. Um, because that even had a really nice little engine that they use in, you know, blokes like Julian Fack use in, in, um, in trials cars. Yeah. Beautiful little, I think it's 800, 850cc yeah. alloy, four cylinder engine, hemi head, blah, blah. It's and, pretty popular in 750 clubs. So ah, I, okay I
0: think, right. I think that yeah that engine is its austin specials and, yeah exactly for, which i yes we drove a seven special which i think we talked about on episode we did
3: yeah episode one when's when's the next appearance that's what i want to know
0: oh mate i'd love to I'd, so i so i don't think i mentioned some i used to own an austin seven special which uh, i was looking around some at the uh at the goodwood revival actually because it's a centenary uh it wasn't a race was it but there was a centenary procession of austin sevens including some specials and a Speedex special which looked a lot like mine did but i could never i did speak to Jem marsh at the time but he was his memory was not all that back at the back of the back in the time and he, and he couldn't identify mine as a as obviously a Speedex car but it could have it could have been so i had this little rounded body on the chassis and i bought it and i thought i'll oh, i'll get this going this will be no problem and at the time i lived in a house with a garage out the back in a block and kids bicycles were in the way and it had no power and you know the winter came around and the nights were short and i in the end i sold it to a bloke in italy in exactly the same condition that i bought it uh, a year or so previously and i got an email from him about six or eight weeks later with this car looking fantastic and perfect <laughs> and i just thought oh, for sake. anyway so i've i vowed never to i'm not gonna i can't bring if I can help it, I'm not going to sell anything again because yeah. I'll just regret it a few years down the line. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you, I, yes. yes the other day, I was—I must ask you about this because the other day I was talking to you about Reliant Robins, and you were
3: on a, were you what uh, shoot? We, were you on you? It you. was uh, it was a ridiculous idea. I was involved at the time in a, uh, you know, a publication that was doing, you know, grand four car comparisons, and we'd all we'd all sort of rush off to the to Wales and. Onto these sort of achingly beautiful um, scenes, and, and we decided to do it with these cars called the uh, called the Untouchables. One mm. of which was so there was a Lada, a Hugo, a, a um, Skoda, I think a Skoda is mm. still, and a Reliant Robin. And the idea was to do this kind of mock serious four car comparison, <laughs> and to take it to our favourite locations in you know, you know out there in <clears throat> photograph land. Mm. But that involved driving these cars to Wales, and yeah. most of them were more or less acceptable. The, the Skoda wasn't brilliant with a swing axle rear end, but the scary one was the Reliant Robin because we had to cross the the um, uh, the Bristol Channel and uh, on the bridge, and and of course there was a sort of forty five knot gale blowing up the F <laughs> And you and it you could feel you know before you got anywhere near the bridge you could feel the instability oh, of this bleeding seen. car and yeah. and so we we stopped i was with three other idiots and we just we just had a had a draw to see who would be the poor fool that <laughs> drove this car and i if i didn't win you know some other poor fella did it but i was the bloke that followed him and just watching this car a uh, sort of assume a 30 degree angle oh, to the direction okay. of travel was was uh, <laughs> something something to see it was it was good fun
0: <laughs> you're not uh so but you, it's not on your short list for the unexceptions
3: I don't know if it would comply because it because in registration terms it's a it's a motorcycle
0: oh, yeah of course
3: I don't know but i I think a kitten would and mm. a kitten is a good idea yeah but um yeah well that's yeah. one to bear in mind actually yeah. well, but I do love those I love those contraptions you know, the we were well. You were at Bremner's do the other day. Mm. Do you remember? And there was there was a, a Bond mini car with yeah. a two hundred cc two stroke engine in the nose, and the engine turned with the front wheel. When the, I can't, it was just such a contraption.
0: It is a contraption. I can't imagine it. it. It's reminded me of sort of the SCC levels, vintage sports car club levels of bonkers. In that, you know, before before the time people knew exactly what they were doing, they would do all kinds of wacky things. Yeah. But By then we, you know buy them when you but it was but a, but a cool thing anyway more ideas for steve at autocar at haymarket.com any letter we read out we'll send you something we'll probably send you a mug i think we'll get some printed up and send them out to you so thank you for joining us uh, we have other podcasts we've got autocar business podcasts and a bunch for the 50th anniversary of bmw's m division over at your favorite podcast provider steve and i will be back next week you can email us, autocar hay, at haymarket.com. We're both on Twitter. Autocar is separately on all of the socials. You can find news and reviews all the time at autocart.co.uk. And it's in the magazine uh, each week. It's available on digital subscription or in print, as it has been every week since 1895. Steve, thank you, mate. Thank you. Good and to, Nice to catch up. Yeah, and until next time, cheerio. Cheers.